1: Of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. I'm super excited for this episode today because we finally get to talk about the reason Brandon Staley got hired to be the new head coach for the Chargers, which is his defense. In our first two episodes, we talked a little bit about the offense. In our last episode, we talked about the draft and some of the analytics behind that. But today, we're gonna be doing a deep dive really into Brandon Staley and his defense and why uh, he got hired by the Chargers. Now, in the analytics world, Brandon Staley is loved all throughout. I mean, his defensive scheme is new. It's exciting. It's fun. And it is efficient because the Rams had literally the best defense in the NFL last year. And um, I think it's important to note when Dean Spanos fired Anthony Lynn, he put out um, a statement, right. And that most people saw, and he said he wanted to be more innovative in all facets of uh, football operations, whether it's uh, in the front office or it's coaching. And Brandon Staley is by far one of the best innovators that there is in the NFL right now, even if it means he's just on the defensive side of the ball. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about about Brandon Staley and why he's an innovator. Right now, innovating means you're taking something and you're making it better, right? There's already been a ton of schemes that have been run in the NFL, but Brandon Staley has ultimately created a new one that I think is going to take over the league in a couple of years to come. So before we dive into a little bit about Brandon Staley, I also want to talk about some defensive trends that have taken place that has led to Brandon Staley's emergence as one of the top defensive play callers in the NFL right now. So the first trend I want to talk about actually, actually takes us a little bit uh, further back. So we're going to go into the early two thousands and more specifically, we're going to be talking about the infamous Tampa two defense. Now, if you guys don't know, the Tampa 2 is actually named after the legendary 2002 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, That 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Raiders 48-21 to in the Super Bowl. Uh, That team was actually coached by John Gruden and had one of the best defenses of the decade. Yes, you heard me. John Gruden's team actually had a good defense. Now, if you look actually at that coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, their defensive coordinator was Monte Kiffin, who is the father of Lane Kiffen, who's the head coach at I think Ole Miss in the NCAA. They had Mike Tomlin on there, who's now the head coach for the Steelers, Joe Barry, who was the defensive coordinator for the Lions, and now is the defensive coordinator for the Packers. And in fact, I think he was our linebackers coach for two days uh, when he came with Brandon Staley to the Chargers, and then the Packers posted him from us. So just an all-star coaching staff. Rod Marinelli was also on there and he was the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. So just a great coaching staff. And this is their scheme, the Tampa two. Now the Tampa two is essentially a cover two, but there's a lot more of an emphasis on the middle linebacker. Now, when I look at the Tampa two, I think you really need the right personnel to be able to run it, right? If you look, the middle linebacker is covering this huge hole, between the strong safety and free safety. Cause in essence, this is a cover two like base, but the middle linebacker is dropping further and further deeper into coverage than you would normally see in a cover two. So you can see the cornerbacks cover the flats, the two linebackers cover like the, the hook zones in the middle, the safeties take both sides, both deep sides of the field, and the middle linebacker kind of patrols the entire middle. So for this to work, you really need the right personnel and you need you need to have an athletic coverage linebacker that can cover anywhere now again the 2002 buccaneers had one of the best defenses of the decade and i'm just going to name you some of their players Derek brooks hall of fame inside linebacker at at, uh, playing this middle linebacker position john lynch who you guys might know as the general manager for the niners one of the best safeties of his time they had two really good physical corners in ronde barber and brian kelly both who had amazing years uh, in 2002 and then their defensive line, Warren Sapp, Hall of Famer, and Simeon Rice, who had 16 sacks and made first-team all-pro. This defense was amazing. Now, if you look at the defense itself, like I said, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on the middle linebacker because they have to cover the seams, right? Back then, this was a rushing league, so you saw a lot of heavy personnel. If the tight end, uh, the, a variable wire right here, is running a streak, and it's an athletic tight end, that's the middle linebacker's job because the safeties are also watching the receivers. So there's a lot of pressure on the middle linebacker to be able to make these plays. But again, the Bucks had this. Now, when we're going through this video, I also want you to think of the NFL as a boxing match, right? The defense is going to come up with a punch. They're going to try to hit strike first. Now, the offense has to throw a counter. Then the defense throws a counter. Then the offense throws a counter, right? It's all about counter punches. It's all about trying to defend against your opponent. So the Tampa 2 worked, and like I named before, there was a bunch of guys on my like, coaching staff that went to become head coaches or defensive coordinators around the league. So the Tampa 2 really made its way throughout the league after that 2002 season, right? So you saw the Tampa 2 in many teams. Now, where do you find the holes in the Tampa 2? Well, like I mentioned before, you need to have a really athletic middle linebacker. So this hole right here between the safeties and the linebacker, that's one of the biggest holes you have to target in the Tampa 2 because some linebackers may not be as athletic as like a Derrick Brooks to be able to go out and make that tackle. There's also holes here and here between the cornerback and the safety. Now, if you look, these holes are pretty hard to hit, right? You're pretty much throwing a ball over the middle linebacker or you're throwing balls over the cornerbacks. And back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, quarterbacks didn't really have the arm strength to make those throws, right? Like you weren't That was a rushing league back then. Ladanian Tomlinson, Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, Larry Johnson. I mean, teams wanted to run the ball down your throat instead of throwing it deep over the top. That's why the Tampa 2 was so successful. But like I said, the NFL in itself is a boxing match, right? So when teams found a way to counter it and start throwing over the top Peyton Manning throws for 49 touchdowns. Brady goes for 50. Drew Brees goes from the Chargers to the Saints, starts throwing for 5,000 yards every year. Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford enter the league. You have guys that can really take the top off this defense. So the Tampa 2 started to not work as much, right? So now it's the defense's turn for a counterpunch. So this is the second trend that occurred, which would be the cover three. Now, I'm going to give you guys a few seconds. I want you to uh, think of three letters that best represent the cover three in the early 2010s. If you thought of the right answer, the right answer, the three letters are L O B. Yeah, that's right. The Legion of boom. Now the Seattle cover three has been in the league for about a whole decade now. This is, Probably the most used coverage in the NFL right now because of how simplistic it is and because pretty much any personnel group could work in this. Now, the Seattle Cover 3, uh, back then in the early 2000s, right, the Legion of Boom consisted of guys like Richard Sherman, Brandon Browner, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, and they really became a Super Bowl defense when they added Malcolm Smith and Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright as linebackers. right? And they had a really good defensive line, Chris Clemens, Brandon Meebane, uh, in their primes as well. Now, just like the Tampa Bay Bucs coaching staff, this Seattle coaching staff was filled with future head coaches, right? Uh, Initially in 2011, the coaching staff was Pete Carroll as head coach, and then you have Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator, right? In 2013, he goes to the Jags, and Dan Quinn becomes the new defensive coordinator for the Hawks. And then he leaves to go to Atlanta, right? And he becomes the head coach there. Now, Robert Sala is also on the Seahawks coaching staff, and he follows Gus Bradley to Jacksonville. And now he's the head coach of the Niners, right? And uh, another guy who rose up the ranks there was Ken Norton Jr., who is now the defensive coordinator uh, for the Seahawks uh, currently. So it just, again, a whole bunch of guys that rose up in that Seattle Cover 3 scheme and went on to become head coaches and defensive coordinators around the league. And just, just like that, the Seattle Cover 3 made its way to teams around the league and became the new defensive trend that teams tried to emulate because again the NFL is a copycat league once some someone starts doing something that works other teams want to copy it that's why Gus Bradley's getting hired that's why Dan Quinn got hired by Atlanta All right so just keep that in mind when considering why the cover threes run so much around the league now why it was uh, it worked so well for the Seahawks well they have the personnel to do it Richard Sherman is 6 three. Brandon Browner was 6'4". They actually had two big corners that were physical, but just didn't have the top-end speed to really play man-to-man coverage. So you put them in a zone like, like a cover three, where they're playing these deep routes, and they have their eyes on the quarterbacks. It's more about instincts rather than, you know, keeping up with the receiver. And then Earl Thomas, one of the best uh, free safeties there were uh, in those in those years. And then Cam Chancellor, one of the hardest-hitting, strong safeties. It was just the perfect defense, and they have the, the personnel to run it, right? So just like the cover two, this is really where the uh, holes are in cover, in cover three. So the first hole would be here in the flats and in the other flat. And the second hole or the third hole would really be in this, like, middle area. But, you know, you can really extend it uh, going laterally as well. So just to explain this a little bit, you see how the strong safeties um, and the linebackers, the weak side linebacker are a little bit off, right? So getting to those flat routes, you know, they have to run a little bit. So when you send, you know, running back to the flats or you're setting your tight end on like a, on a flat route, it's hard for the safeties and linebackers to get there in time. So that's why a lot of the times with the chargers, you saw a lot of like third and shorts when they're on defense, because they're giving up the short yardage in order to prevent the big play, right? Seattle ran this because they saw, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, they were throwing it over the top. And they said, we want to eliminate the big plays. We want to keep everything in front of us. We want to be able to see everything. No one gets behind us. So they ran this very conservative cover three where they don't get beat over the top, but you can dink and dunk your way down the field. And that's what most teams did. Right. And that's where the next offensive trend we're going to talk about comes into play for this zone. So in 2017, there were two major coaching hires that really have changed the league for the past four years. And it really almost, I wouldn't say eliminated this cover three scheme, but it found ways to exploit it. So I'm going to give you guys a couple seconds to think about who those two coaching hires were. Well, if you got it, those two coaching hires would be Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Now, these two guys brought back what was the dormant Shanahan wide zone scheme, right? They wanted to run the ball outside the tackles. Remember my second episode, I talked about running outside the tackles is the most efficient run gap that there is. Well, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan brought that back into the NFL after being hired as head coaches. They wanted to run outside the tackles and force you to be able to stop the run. And if you invested too much in the run, into the run, they're just going to hit you with a play-action bootleg. They're going to send the receiver on crosses over the middle, and your linebackers are going to have to step up to stop the run. So they're just going to throw it over the linebackers, and that is why ultimately Sean McVay had so much success early on. He found ways to to target the linebackers over the middle and using his wide zone scheme, right? Because if you think about it, right, most if teams are running a four-three defense. You have five linemen, and most teams run 11 personnel a lot, right? So you have technically six linemen because the tight end usually are solid run blockers or even pass blockers, right? So you have six linemen against four D linemen and usually two linebackers because most teams now run nickel. So you have two linebackers in like a a soft corner, right? So you're going to have six linemen against four D linemen and two linebackers. Right? and most of the time the offense is going to win that because you're going to have an alignment on a linebacker especially if you're running towards a zone everyone is going to be following one way right so that is why it was so successful early on right and now the wide zone scheme is being pushed everywhere by almost every team Zach Taylor is getting hired by the Bengals even though he was just a quarterbacks coach for the Rams uh, Matt LaFleur goes to the Packers I mean, it's just, it's becoming a staple around the league. Even Anthony Lynn tried to run it with the Chargers. It just, he didn't have the tools to really run it effectively. So now this is where Brandon Staley comes in, right? The the best defensive innovator that the NFL has right now. Now, Brandon Staley saw this, and he recognized that teams want to run outside more. They're, they want to run outside and they want to run crossing routes because that's what the play action creates. So, We're going to look at the graph on the right, right? This is from NFL Next Gen. They have tracking data, right? Tracking data is now the next step in analytics. We know how to code. Analytics people know how to interpret data and build models. But now they're taking player tracking data and using it to their advantage. If you look at the graph on the right, look how spread out this defense is. The two safeties, they're not running a single high. They're running a two high look. And the defensive line is so spread out. Like if you look on the graph on the left, right, you have two like bigger dots up the middle, but Brandon Stile doesn't want that. He wants the defense spread out. He knows running the ball outside is more efficient than running the ball inside. He wants you to run the ball up the middle because he knows that's less efficient than running it outside. So he's stopping the run outside and making you run inside. And if you try to hit him with a play action, he has spread his defense out so they can cover those crossing routes. It's just a genius move, and that is why this Brandon Staley hire is so great because he is one of the best innovators in the NFL right now, and he knows how to stop uh, the Shanahan wide zone scheme. Just like I said, the NFL is a boxing match. McVay and Shanahan threw a counterpunch to the cover three. Now Staley is about to answer, and it's not necessarily him using a certain coverage. He's not just using Tampa two. He's just not running a cover three, like base, single high look. His whole idea is saying, I'm going to spread my defense out. I'm going to run two, uh, two high safety. I'm going to show you two high safety looks. And I'm not going to tell you what coverage I'm running. I'm not going to show it. I'm going to disguise it. And that is why Brandon Staley is such an amazing hire by the Chargers. Because at worst, he's, a, he's an amazing defensive play caller. Right, He's shown that in one year, in a pandemic year, he still led the top-ranked defense in the NFL. All right. And the Chargers have the personnel to be able to run this too-high-safety look. And so just an amazing hire by the Chargers. You can see Brandon Staley's innovation coming on, being able to uh, counter the wide-zone scheme. Right. So, guys, we just looked at some of the trends uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the past uh, you know 10, 20 years and how Brandon Staley uh, himself is creating a new trend that should take over the league in the years to come. Uh, this is actually going to be a part one of this topic, which, you know, we just looked at the trends. Part two is going to be breaking down some film of Brandon Staley's defense and comparing it to Gus Bradley. So make sure to stick around for that. That should be uploaded, I think, later in the week. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy that as well and enjoy this episode. Don't forget to comment any potential topics you want me to go over in future episodes. And with that, as always, bolt up.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.